And, and I actually, by and large, like most artists also. Right? Thank you, Chipo. I like Chipo and, and Tagreed, <laughs> right? uh, and Rama, of course. Uh, and, uh, and for me, uh, art is this incredible opportunity to share. And, and, and I'm really fascinated by it. And, and it's kind of weird because most of the time, I'm this person in a room with a pencil and a piece of paper, right? But I just, I, I light up when I see work that other people are doing. And this is a stencil artist named Meek. And so this is stenciled on walls all over Melbourne. And, uh, uh, and it's pretty self-explanatory what the message is. Uh, and and I, just, I just think it's charming. Uh, I've, I love it ever so much. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to show a, a number of pictures, and I'm going to really sort of whiz through them because we don't have a lot of time. And, and if you have any questions about anything, please you know, make a note and ask me later or during the, during the, the session. Um, I do a lot of work in, in a number of different countries, mostly in transition to civil society. And, and, uh, or visits and supporting and participation in various ways. And, and that has led me to places like the Republic of Georgia, Northern Ireland, uh, the Basque country, South Africa, um, uh, very, very stressed places like Kent State, uh, Kent, Ohio, where the Kent State massacre were. And it's a very stressed small community there, just as much as if it had gone through a war uh, in the 70s. And, uh, and so I, I get to, to some really amazing places and meet some amazing people. And I'm going to show some pictures of things that to me are, are kind of important. And, and again, very, very quickly, this is called First Fleet, and it's by Annie Franklin. I apologize, it's so small, I could not find a bigger image. But I will tell you what it is, so, so you don't have to worry about looking at it. Uh, this is the, the first boat coming to Australia. Uh, and, and it's as if it brought everything. There's a, a, a couple quizzical Aboriginal indigenous people on the shore here looking. And, and in the front of the boat is a bulldozer. There's smokestacks, you know, spewing all kinds of, of terrible stuff into the air. There's guns, there's rabbits, which have ravaged the land, all this sort of thing. And it was, it was this idea that it all came, right, as a result of that. But, but Annie Franklin put them all in the same boat, right, as if they came at the first moment that, that the ships arrived. Um, I spent a certain amount of time with indigenous uh, uh, people working on certain issues. Uh, this is a set design, uh, or poster for, uh, I did a set design for this play called Titus. And I won't go into the ramifications of that, but the important thing in our talk is that the central figure, uh, who you can see right there now being held back by these sorts of chains, is an Aboriginal uh, actor. And in this play, which was produced somewhere in the mid-1990s, I think, um, the actors uh, often spoke their own language from their own culture. And, uh, and this character spoke Wurundjeri. Wurundjeri is the principal language around uh, the part of Melbourne that I have come from before. And, and he spoke Wurundjeri in this play. The significance being that it's the first time that that language had been spoken publicly in almost 100 years because it had been banned, as you know, and, and it was possible, of course, uh, more recently to do that, but there's been all sorts of issues about recovery of language and culture. Um, this is a, a I, I love this little painting. Um, it's by the Zimbabwean Women's Collective, 
And uh, the, as I found out last night, there are four people on this panel who have a painting by the Zimbabwean women, <laughs> including me. But I bought mine <laughs> many, many years ago. Uh, and the title of this painting is, um, uh, the title is Washing Clothes, We Are Going to the Well. Right. And, and I show this because in, in the midst of years of violence and, and, and difficulties, these brave, proud women continue to make this amazing positive art, uh, which helps invite us to the possibility that stability might come and to celebrate that with them. And I, I just, I love it very, very much. It's only about this big, by the way, and that's part of the charm is that you're drawn into this wonderful little image. Uh, this is a, um, a film that was made in my very small town about uh, 12 years ago. My wife and I moved to a small town called Nathalia, uh, which is about three hours north of Melbourne. <coughs> And it is a very, very white bread small town. I think the last time even they had anyone close to a migrant. I, I guess uh, my wife and I probably look like migrants. Uh, <laughs> me, that's exactly right. Uh, probably 30 or 40 years. And we do have like three Italians and we have five of these and two of those. But, but there's a, a, a serious indigenous community, uh, the Yorta Yorta people and the Bangarang people, uh, who I'm, I'm involved with to a certain extent there also. But uh, a year ago, I'm involved with a very small Art, community arts facility there and a year ago, eight months ago, I was approached by a young filmmaker named Eddie Bell who wanted to do a story about the difficulties of, of cultural reckoning within Australia. And, and it was a story about a South Sudanese family and man. And this is, I'm showing this because it makes it official, it's a film thing, there's a clapperboard there in front of you. And, and this is a scene of uh, of the man walking across uh, this bridge, which is about 50 meters from my house, uh, with this bull who is his spirit, who he has become identified as his spirit totem. And the difficulty is that he, the bull doesn't belong to him, but he does in spirit, and he adopts the bull and takes him into his house, and, and here is a South Sudanese man uh, walking down the driveway of his house in Nathalia, Victoria, Australia, right? And having to deal with all the cultural issues that were a part of that story. And, and, and it's a quite remarkable short film. Uh, and I'm, I'm you know, very proud that uh, uh, people all over the world are doing stories about other people's stories. They're engaging in them. And, uh, uh, and very much want to be a part of that. The, uh, this uh, little drawing here, I'll get to in just a second, but part of the reason for conflicts is that they kind of creep up on you often. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny kind of a business. And uh, I'm often the people who are leading the issues about violence are, are, are not necessarily people who you would point to in the beginning to say that, that, that they, you can target them as being perpetrators from day one. And there's a lovely poem by a woman named Marjorie Agosin, and, and Marjorie is a Chilean poet, uh, I think currently living in, in America. I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's called The Most Unbelievable Part. And Marjorie says, the most unbelievable part they were people just like us. Good manners, well-educated, 
refined, versed in the abstract sciences, attended very nice prep schools. Some played golf. Yes, people just like you, like me, family men, grandfathers, uncles, and fathers. But they went crazy. Thought they were invincible, meticulous in their duties, and spoke of torture in the language of surgeons and butchers. They assassinated the young of my country and of yours. And now nobody could believe in Alice through the looking glass. Now nobody could stroll along the avenues without terror bursting through their bones. And the most unbelievable part, they were people just like you, like me. Yes, nice people, just like us. This picture is a small art. Pardon me? Who was the author? Marjorie Agostin, A-G-O-S-I-N. You will be able to find her if you, if you look. This particular picture is important to me. It's a very small little drawing that I did. Uh, and I've got three pictures of, of my work and we'll, then I'll finish. Um, this is a, uh, called the Millennium Candle. In the year 2000, some of you may have stayed up all night long watching the television as, it's, as midnight started hitting and started in New Zealand and then it went to Australia and then it went around the world till it got back to Hawaii, I think, or some such. And, and all of these places to these amazing, spectacular things, you know, sort of Sydney had fireworks all over the, the Sydney Harbor Bridge, stunning. You know, Paris, the Eiffel Tower just exploded across the city, just amazing stuff. New York's Times Square was vibrant and splashes of fireworks and all the rest. And in South Africa, when they got there, uh, some of you may remember, if you were up at uh, four in the morning, uh, whatever your time is, <laughs> that Nelson Mandela was on Robben Island. And their contribution to this new millennium was his handing a candle to a child. So the notion of symbolism and imagery are extremely important. It ain't about power, and it ain't about the big show. You know, it's often just, you know, how do you get it right? You know, how do you get it right simply? And, and how does it have meaning? And that's, I just love that part of the story. Um, this is a, uh, two banners. Uh, I mentioned this uh, because the, this particular piece, because I, I mentioned Granique, and I spend a lot of time there. And, I'll be there soon. Uh, and the banner on the left refers to Picasso's Guernica. It's called Dialogue with Guernica. It refers to uh, his 
depiction of Guernica as a, as a place bombed. And my experience over many years of this place, which a few years ago was named the uh, European City of Peace, because they're working so hard in that direction, is that the Guernica that I know is a Guernica that, that is in transition, where families are loving each other and their neighbors, where they are celebrating this, where they are working through art, where they are working through community groups that are working towards peace. And, uh, and I'm, I feel very privileged to, to be a part, a small part of uh, their story. I, two drawings. This is one. This drawing is called. Um, this is before 9/11. It's called Love Song for the Millennium. And the idea was that I was just hoping that all of these sorts of things that were on my mind that we had been dealing with would somehow begin to be resolved. And, and you can see it's a big drawing. It's the size of a swallow. So, and, and they take three, four, or five months to do. And these images come up. And so if you see images here to do with genocide. Uh, and there's images to do with pollution. There's uh, images here to do with uh, the war in the Balkans. Uh, there's a uh, image there, the cover of the uh, uh, the agreement uh, in Northern Ireland. Uh, there's uh, something else to do with the Basque country. Uh, there's something to do with the indigenous flag and, and issues including nuclear war and, and the rest. Uh, these are things which became part of, of that. This is it. Fringing artistic freedom, this child. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is it. This is the last piece, and it is a, uh, a thing that's, uh, uh, that's called A Short History of Love. And it's a detail of this. And there are many small text things in a lot of the works that I do. And the, amongst the text things in there is one that says, If you create war, you do not understand love. Another one is, there are no saints here. Another one is, we should never mistake love for weakness, uh, weapons for security, or retribution for justice. And it is a, it is a journey towards love. And the last uh, three words that I'll say are there, and it says, uh, it is possible. Thank you. Both.